How can we make the world of adventure better? Looking back on 25 years in adventure, both as a lover of it and in terms of my work, certain aspects stand out as being particularly impactful and rewarding. Searching out new experiences and daring myself to be bolder. Doing things differently and being curious about what that might lead to. Learning to be flexible and to roll with situations. Exploring new lands, reading good writing about great journeys and improving my narrative skills. And, above all, trying to live as deeply as possible. I have as much enthusiasm for all this as when I first set out. I certainly have not become jaded by adventure. I still have dozens of dreams and ideas. I will be disappointed and surprised if I don't say the same thing in another 25 years. I imagine that many of these sentiments will be familiar to all of us who enjoy adventure. Being a working adventurer has also brought me closer to some of the thornier problems the adventure world faces. The fact that the question of how can we make the world of adventure better has even been asked in this book shows how much has changed since I slurped my first lukewarm dehydrated meal in a damp sleeping bag a quarter of a century ago. Back then, adventure was something you did because you enjoyed it, like playing football or going dancing. I certainly had no notion that there might be anything wrong with it or that it needed improvement. I'm grateful that adventure has been one of the core pillars of my life, so I'm certainly not concluding that adventure is broken or something to be embarrassed about. Rather, it is in the nature of most of us who love adventure to strive to improve things and to care for our world. Back in the day, I believed flying around the world as often as possible was cool and that buying as much shiny gear as I could afford was awesome. Although a love of the natural world drove my travels, I gave little thought to how I might be damaging it, nor that I might have a role to play in persuading others to take care of the planet too. And whilst I loved talking adventure with anyone interested, I had no awareness that I was privileged to be going on those adventures. I was fortunate to have the means not only to transport myself to wild places, but also to clothe and equip myself for their conditions. I assumed adventure was only a question of enthusiasm and determination. Had I ever thought about the matter, which I didn't, I would have said, the outdoors are open and accessible to everyone. It's not complicated. It doesn't have to be expensive. Just do it. I probably held an attitude of quiet but snobbish elitism about the type of people who were resourceful enough to make their adventurous plans happen and then tough enough to finish the job. There is now more depth and nuance to what adventure involves. The damage, the lack of inclusion and the consumption all gets rolled in with the thrills, the health benefits, the personal development and the love of nature. There are also many issues involved with adventure post-Covid, such as containing the spread of a global virus, a crippled travel industry, wildlife and habitats that rely on tourism to survive, communities that benefit from travel, vaccination passports and reopening of countries. The responsible adventurer, which would be a perfect title for a zeitgeisty Instagram account, is now concerned about increasing participation, diversity, access for children, the elderly and the disabled, improving biodiversity, 
ethical outdoor brands, overconsumption, flying too much, getting to net zero negative impact in the adventures we celebrate and bringing nature to cities and city dwellers. All that is quite a load to lug up a mountain, particularly when you consider that I used to regard adventure as a carefree pastime like playing football. Kurt Hahn, the founder of Outward Bound, was way ahead of me. Almost a century ago, he saw compassionate adventure as a solution to these six societal problems. The decline of fitness due to modern methods of locomotion, the decline of initiative and enterprise due to the widespread disease of spectatoritis, the decline of memory and imagination due to the confused restlessness of modern life, the decline of skill and care due to the weakened tradition of craftsmanship, the decline of self-discipline due to the ever-present availability of stimulants and tranquilizers, the decline of compassion due to the unseemly haste with which modern life is conducted. If we are to leave the adventure world in a better state than we found it, we could do a lot worse than tackling those challenges. Incidentally, Hahn recommended four antidotes, fitness training, expeditions, projects involving craft and manual skills, and helping with a rescue service such as life-saving or first aid. I hope that we can expand the scope of adventure to include not only wilderness experiences, with all their learning, leadership and self-development, but also a spirit of exploration in rural or urban landscapes. Prioritising local adventure over list-ticking jet-setting is vital. There are mental and creative elements to adventure as well as the physical challenges. Challenges are a significant aspect of adventure, certainly. They help us push the limits of our individual potential. This should be done without ego, exclusion, arrogance or undue consumption. We do not conquer mountains or nature. We live with them and learn from them if we are humble enough to do so. Jasmine Paris's epic yet modest spine race victory on the Pennine Way, a 268-mile non-stop winter mountain marathon, whilst still breastfeeding, is the sort of challenge we should be championing and emulating in style and ethos, if not achievement level. I would like to see an increase in the number of those who get out and participate in adventures of their own, inspired by stories such as Jasmine's. A more diverse roster of adventurers will appeal to others like themselves, young and old, more women, more diversity, and all doing affordable local adventures that enable more of society to join in. There are already more than enough non-disabled, middle-class white guys like me telling our tall tales. We need to find ways to make adventure cheaper and simpler. The increase during lockdown of people walking, running, cycling and exploring their local area was heartening. On some of the paths I run, I saw people for the first time in two decades. How can those of us in the outdoor world connect with all these new families wobbling along on ill-fitting old bikes dug out from the depths of garden sheds and with the young couples tiptoeing through nettle patches in flip-flops and headphones? It confirms what I have known ever since writing Microadventures in 2014. My attempts to encourage folk to take on adventures of their own has very much been preaching to the converted. There are swathes of the population who have only just discovered and benefited from their local pockets of wildness, 
There are countless more who have not done so at all. Whether we continue to embrace doorstep adventure and find wonder and satisfaction in it will be up to us as individuals. It comes down to a framing of our attitude. Can the purpose of our exploring be achieved locally and sustainably? For many years, one subject I steered clear of as a working adventurer was the turbulent intersection where adventure overlaps with politics and activism. I stayed quiet because I felt that my mission was simply to encourage more people to have more adventures. I didn't want to veer onto other topics or cause alienation or distraction. The most effective way to get a message out is to focus tightly and say the same thing over and over again, year after year. Yet, I'm slowly raising my head above the parapet. Why? Because I'm increasingly alarmed about the impact our, my, behaviour is having on the natural world. Every time I flew to America and back to give a talk, an area of Arctic ice the size of my shed melted. By 2050, there will be more plastic than fish in the oceans. A football pitch-sized area of rainforest is felled every six seconds. Half a million of us climb and erode Snowden every year. Sometimes I want to cry. Sometimes I want to scream. The least I can do is start to shout a little bit. All of us who love adventure and nature have to help replenish and improve the natural world, whilst also being vocal about its urgency and importance. I hate the word influencer, but it's actually spot on. Those of us who become working adventurers through growing an audience have a responsibility to show leadership if we are to leave the world of adventure in a better condition than we found it. This includes considering where and how we explore. What is the purpose of our adventures and what will our actions encourage others to emulate? Quick question. If you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? I would get every world leader, business person and billionaire to spend six months cycling through distant lands. This might make us all less suspicious of others and motivated to work together to tackle climate change and inequality.